You've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and supporting the Black Man with the Gun Show. This week, I'm going to respond to an email where a guy asked me to reconcile gun ownership and being a Christian. I know I've talked about it before, but since this is Easter, Passover, and Good Friday, I want to talk a little religion with you. A lot of religion with you. If you're offended by Christian talk and religious speak, you might want to just disconnect and catch me next week. I'm going to go overboard this time. Talk about Christianity and Easter and how it all ties together with the gun thing. Michael J. Woodland talks about the CERT pistol for training. And then we have three armed citizens news stories for you in this super religious Christian evangelistic episode. And spring is finally here. Welcome to the Black Man with the Gun Show, produced by the Blanchard Media Group, sponsored by Crossbreed Holsters and amazing patrons like you. On a dusty road, good loving, I got a truck load. And when you get it, you got something. So don't worry, cause I'm coming. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul This pro-gun program has provided information, inspiration, entertainment for the cool people in the gun community since 2007. And I'm your fun-loving host, Reverend Ken Blanchard. And this experience starts after John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation. Under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You know, there's a lot going on in the world. There is terrorism and wars and rumors of wars and politicians acting a fool. And the country is pretty divided. A lot of confusion, a lot of hatred, a lot of fear. But I got you. And not to sound like Sonny Bono, but if it wasn't for you, Sometimes I lose faith in humanity. Thank you for being one of the few that gets it. The Black Man with the Gun Show is not about being black. It's just a name. It's kind of like Google. It's about freedom. It's education. It's history. It's fun. It's about a community of people that get it. And I'm glad you're one of us. Thank you for being here. I need you to wake up every day stronger than yesterday, face your fears, and wipe away your tears. If you get a chance this week, could you go to blackmanwithagun.com and sign up on our friends list? I got some stuff I want to throw to you, and I need you to, I don't want you to miss out on this. Subscribe to the podcast so that you can get it sent automatically to your phone or MP3 player. You can do that. Don't know how? Send me an email, and I'll send you a link and tell you how to. This week, under the washer and the dryer, I want to answer an email that I just received this week. And it says, Reverend Blanchard, I hope this email finds you well. I am a new gun owner and have recently found and enjoyed your weekly podcast. However, 
I do find myself asking questions that I was hoping you may be able to shed some insight. I would describe myself as a devout African-American Christian that strongly believes in our Second Amendment. Politically, I am an independent. I was hoping you can shed light on the subject of reconciling gun ownership and being a Christian. Sometimes I feel there is a moral conflict considering that a gun can be used to destroy life, even in self-defense. I do find myself struggling with this concept. Being a reverend, how would you reconcile the two values? Thanks for your time, your friend. Well, my man, this is something that uh, many of us think about. Anybody who is carrying a firearm for their defense or their family's defense is pro-life, our life. And being pro-life doesn't make you a killer, doesn't make you a murderer. And since you want to talk about Bible stuff, it's kind of apropos since this is the holiest week of our calendar. The super religious evangelistic Christian gun owner episode. This week is the holy week for practicing Christians. It's known as Easter. It's Passover for the Jewish people. It's the Super Bowl of Christianity. So Easter celebrates Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead. I'm going to try in the next few minutes to answer some of these questions. How can you be a Christian and advocate gun ownership? Is there any Bible evidence that carrying a gun is not bad for a faithful person? And what does the Bible say about that anyway, about weapons, about killing, about self-defense? Is carrying a gun evil? Well, let's pull it back a little bit. For those who follow doctrines close to or in the Catholic faith, Easter is really an entire season of the Christian church year as opposed to a single weekend. Lent is 40 days before Easter. as a time of reflection and penance and represents the 40 days that Jesus spent alone in the wilderness before starting his ministry, a time in which Christians believe he survived various temptations by the devil. As it is with a lot of things, we celebrate stuff and really don't know what the basis for it is. Well, I'm going to give you the ins and outs of it here. So the days before Lent, known as Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday, is the last big hoorah for food and fun before the fasting begins. But that is not for all Christians. Doctrines are what separate the denominations. Doctrines are a belief or a set of beliefs held and taught by a church, a group. It's basically how the group likes to worship a holy God. Presbyterian, the Baptists, the Catholics, the Seventh-day Adventists, Episcopalians, no, fill in the blank, Pentecostals, um, African Methodists, Episcopal, it's quite a few of us. Doctrine. And our doctrines is not necessarily what God says we should do. It is these doctrines that cause some of us the conflict that you see. And we blame God for it. When it's really is the people that you've chosen to associate with. This gun argument is mixed in there just like that. People assume that God is against gun ownership. People say that guns are evil. It is the people in these groups that keep you in the dark. No sane individual would hesitate to defend themselves from a rabid dog or poisonous snake. But there are two-legged vipers in this world. Are they any better than any animal? An animal does that which comes naturally to him. Even children of Satan do what is natural to them, that being evil. The Bible 
clearly allows for people to arm themselves to overcome and deter attackers. In fact, priests in the Old Testament gave blessings to warfare, not condemning warriors. Joshua 6.21 Jesus was even in support of his disciples, protecting themselves from collecting money from the group. He says, but now if you have a purse, take it and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. And the disciples said, see, Lord, here are two swords. And Jesus said, that is enough. Quoting Luke 22. A little paraphrase in between there. In the cases where the disciples wanted to fight, it was because of their desire to force the hand of God. They didn't understand the need for the sacrifice of Christ for the remission of sins, which we celebrate on Easter. They didn't understand his mission. All of his answers were related to that context. It is in the context of his statements that is so misused today. Even Judas Iscariot, the zealot, the very maligned disciple, was a trusted treasurer. Judas was secretly involved in the overthrow of the government before joining Jesus. He thought that if he had witnessed, well, he thought that after he witnessed the power of Christ, that if he could get folks to capture him, then Jesus would call down a legion of angels to wipe out oppressive Rome and the puppet governments. He had no clue that Jesus' mission was to lay down his life after being seized. He thought if he got them jokers to grab Jesus, all hell was going to break loose and their side would win. This week, preceding Easter, is called Holy Week, and I said it, and it includes Maudie Thursday, which commemorates Jesus' last supper with his disciples. That was yesterday. This day is Good Friday. It's a beautiful Friday. It's cloudy and sunny and mildly in between the 60s and the 70s, and the cherry blossoms are here in the nation's capital, and people are traveling, and the traffic is horrendous, and it's just beautiful. Well, Good Friday honors the day of his crucifixion. And Holy Saturday, which focuses on the transition between the crucifixion and resurrection. And in the 50-day period following Easter Sunday is called Eastertide and includes the celebration of Jesus' ascension into heaven. Now, I bet you don't. A whole bunch of folks didn't know all that, right? But that's all the stuff I kind of give you here on this show. I want to give you some history. I want to give you some fact. I want to give you some personal stuff that you won't get anywhere else. And... In addition to Easter's religious significance, i got to put that in there too because we talked about St. Patrick's Day last week. It also has a commercial side, as evidenced by the mounds of jelly beans and the marshmallow chicks, the peeps that appear in stores every spring. And as with Christmas, over the centuries, various folks, customs, and pagan traditions kind of came into this thing. Easter eggs, bunnies, baskets, and candy have been a part of this holy holiday. And while I'm journeying through here, free of charge, the super religious, evangelistic, Christian gun owner episode. Let me continue with some Christian stuff. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And Moses wrote those first five books of the Bible that we talk about now. And God explained to him in a way that he could understand and relay it to you and me centuries later. The Bible itself is controversial and is attacked for its validity by skeptics. But it all comes down to one thing. Faith. There is no amount of education, doctrinal knowledge, or affiliation that covers it all, protects you from doubts. It is, of course, worth pointing out that, biblically, this, quote, belief is no mere intellectual assent. It is a deep, heartfelt orientation of the heart toward trust and devotion. It involves a radical change in our worldview and approach to Jesus. Thus, in Acts, to believe is a synonym for repent. 
It is also very much about a journey, which is why the earlier believers were called followers of the way or followers of Jesus. So being saved, which is very much an act of God, is the beginning, not the destination. Thus, we are often saved on a fragment of truth, but we can expect to grow in our knowledge of God. Faith is trust in the person of Jesus to save us more than is agreeing with a set of doctrines. The belief that Jesus, having died for us, was raised bodily, living behind an empty grave and folded grave clothes, gave birth to the church in the first place. Throughout history, no major group has used the name, quote, Christian without believing this. Whether you meet someone who says they are Eastern Orthodox or Pentecostal, you will almost certainly find they believe that Jesus rose again. But as a Christian, the term given is defined by doctrine. To conservative Protestants, that's everybody who's not a Catholic, a Christian is often defined according to their salvation status. To Roman Catholics, a Christian is often defined according to their baptism status and the presence of any unresolved mortal sin in their lives. If you go back to the early Christian movement, a Christian was defined as a person who was baptized and proclaimed Jesus as Lord. And their definition was a, quote, true to them because it agreed with their understanding of their religious belief at a time when the Christian scriptures, also known as the New Testament, have were not written yet. And it kind of goes that way with everybody. How you capture Jesus in this thing defines you. All right, I know you just asked about the gun and being a Christian, but it's Easter, it's Passover, it's Good Friday. So this is the, uh, the, the super, super religious, religious evangelistic, evangelistic Christian gun owner episode. So Jesus is the principal part of this whole thing. How you define him determines what you are and what you believe. He was either what he said or he was not. And if he was who he said he was, then it's your faith that supports it. It is how you live, not what you say, that makes you a follower of Jesus. Sitting in the garage does not make you a car, so going to church does not make you a Christian. And so, Jesus, by my faith, was the Son of God, mentioned as early in the Bible as Genesis. After man fell from grace in the Garden of Eden, God's law required humanity to be redeemed, saved from the eternal death by a sacrificial act. God used a nomadic people, starting with a man from a place called Ur, to begin the generational process to grow a people known as the Jews. It is through these people that the stories of the Bible share, and through these people, the Messiah would come. It is this person, this Jesus, that Easter is a celebration of that promise being fulfilled. So hopefully there you got some background on Christianity and on Easter celebration. You can be a Christian and be an advocate for gun ownership because God never outlawed guns. Never outlawed weapons, even though guns weren't invented. I know you already say that. There were no guns in the Old Testament, no guns in the New Testament. There's no evidence that carrying a gun means you're a person of no faith. Why that isn't the case because of this. There are many people, centurions, warriors, folks who had knives on their person that God never condemned. It was a tool. It was necessary. Bible supports that. Killing versus murder. See, sometimes we think that having a firearm means you are 
cold-blooded killer. It's made to seem like the only reason for a firearm is to kill. And you know that's not true. You just don't know how to defend it. To have a gun and not use it to kill somebody. You could collect it, right? You could shoot it for recreation, right? For fun, right? You could use it for sport, right? But you heard people say the gun, the only person, only reason for it is to kill. Nobody needs more than a musket. How about that sixth commandment? It has been interpreted as thou shall not kill. But did you know that the original translation was thou shall not murder? It's just harder to write. So when folks did the artwork for it, they put the kill thing in there. The original text, thou shall not murder, meaning the premeditated execution of killing another human being, which was first mentioned in Genesis when Cain murdered his brother Abel in Genesis 5.8. Murder was and still is, of course, wrong. However, the Bible does permit justifiable homicide. Say what? Look at Genesis 9 in the Old Testament. Whoever sheds the blood of a man, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God has made man. That is kind of a capital punishment thing. You shall forfeit the life of anyone guilty of slaying the innocent. The Bible has clear guidelines on using force when an intruder breaks into the home. Exodus 22 says if he is caught breaking in and struck so that he dies, the defender is not guilty of bloodshed. But if it happens after sunrise, he is guilty of bloodshed. The logic in this is at night, it is hard to recognize the threat. And anybody who's coming into your house may do you harm. And the household is in more danger at night than in the daytime. The Bible also clearly allows for people to arm themselves to overcome and deter attackers. I mentioned that already, right? Yeah, I did. And I talked about Luke 22. He was with the fisherman, Peter. When Peter cuts off the soldier's ear in the Garden of Gethsemane. You don't think that Jesus knew Peter had a knife? See, the gun is not a talisman. Let's get that straight, too. It does not ward off evil just by having it. It is a mechanical device. It is incapable of firing on its own. It has no will. It has no soul. It cannot save the person possessing it from evil. Although, it does deter criminal attack once presented. Sometimes. And it's been documented many times. It is a tool used in sport, self-defense, hunting, and war, and in the media for effect. Well, why is it so bad or strict in the African-American church? Despite how it votes, the core beliefs are conservative, with the exception of guns, affirmative action, and welfare, believe it or not. It is also political in a local sense, not to anger the church mothers who tithe regularly or may have lost children to the drug trade, gangs, or violence. It is socially acceptable to blame the gun in all those instances over a person. Unfortunately, the man who sees his gun as an expression or extension of himself is demonized for it. The hunter, security, law enforcement, the veteran, or a simple gun owner has to listen to and be blamed for the death. I say most folks are ignorant, not stupid, because we are all ignorant about something. If you grew up in a church and became a pastor from being a Sunday school star, choir member, junior deacon, and then minister, there was little room for the education about guns for you. It's not taught in Bible college or seminary. 
Your point of view will be strongly influenced by Hollywood and the tears of those mothers you officiate at with their slain sons. And Hollywood does a good job, too, of adding to the confusion. And this is all stuff learned over time. So when you get your chance to speak from the pulpit, you talk out of stuff that you really don't know about. And there are blatant hypocrites that know the truth but keep their status quo. There are church leaders that own guns themselves but don't support your rights to do so. And then there are some who have moved into celebrity status who have armed guards. So beware of the source on that one. So why are they dogging me? Well, those who believe this also know little about firearms. Like I said, those that believe this or subscribe to this have sometimes been the victims of violence. And see, if you have been a victim, you have only two ways to go. You would either be pro-gun or anti-gun. There's no in-between on that one. And no reasoning either. And then there are those who just believe this, the whole gun thing is uh, wrong and misunderstand the scriptures. The victim of violence is understandable. When something life-shaking happens to you, your response is fight or flight. You will say, please, no more, and seek escape whenever you are reminded of a situation, or say never again and prepare so that you'll be ready the next time. There is no in-between for those two. Jesus never condemned a soldier or that man that carried a sword for self-defense. The Bible is full of stories of war, bloody battles, and massacres that God supported. There was a revolution trying to get started during Jesus' ministry that the zealots were trying to manipulate him into. Biblically, we have many translations in the Abraham, Masoretic, and Hebrew texts. Thou shalt not kill was originally do not murder, and there is a difference. There are circumstances when you must kill, as written in the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon said there is a time for everything, and we are not so advanced as a people that we do not hurt other people. Someone still needs to stand on the wall and take watch. There is still fratricide, as it was in the book of Genesis. There is still war, espionage, as it was in the book of Joshua. There are still acts of terrorism, as it was recorded throughout the Old Testament. The Bible isn't contradictory. In the Old Testament, the Hebrews were at constant war with some group. All the tribes of Israel, except for one, were allowed to fight. In the New Testament, Jesus did say that he and the Father were one. Since God doesn't change, I don't believe Jesus to be different. Contrary to popular belief, Christians are not unspiritual or lacking faith for choosing to arm themselves to protect themselves in addition to praying for protection. Now, does anybody really believe a person of faith should allow themselves or their families to be maimed or killed by a criminal? Come on now. Can God protect us from those who would do us harm? Absolutely. However, just as he has given us brakes on our cars to save us from crashing, he has also given us the tools necessary to defend ourselves. As Christian men and women, God not only allows us to protect our families, but he expects us to protect those whom he has placed in our care. It's a stewardship thing. Now, it might seem contrary to the mandate for us to turn the other cheek, but again, it has to be in context. In that case, for example, it had to do with which hands would be used to strike a person, as in the Aramaic culture of the time. It also demonstrated the strength of character of Christ, to turn the other cheek as Jesus intended. That is not a commandment to be weak. Jesus never operated from position of weakness. In fact, nothing ever happened to him that he did not allow. He was the strongest man that ever 
lived, died, and rose again. Christianity, my brother and sister, is not for wimps. We have it twisted as if being a follower of Jesus would make you a doormat. Unfortunately, that's all you see proclaiming to be Christian. Easter is a celebration. You try to take on the sins of the world. You try to hold up your body's weight through your hands with nails going through them. You try to be silent after you've been beaten, scourged, flailed, spit upon, disgraced, and humiliated. It's pretty macho in my book. Love kept him on the cross, nothing else. There is a time for everything, a time for peace and a time for war. Won't God take care of you? Jesus wasn't armed. Doesn't the Bible say that thou shalt not kill? How can you be for God and guns? You will hear that forever. And those questions are based on the premise that guns equate to murder, death, violence, destruction, and mayhem, and they do not. There is no such thing as gun violence, but it's heard every day. There is just violence. There are many things said over and over again that are not true, but accepted. If you look at the animal planet, any animal show, you will see that almost every organism, even amoebas, can defend themselves. Even lambs have teeth. I hope I made some sense somewhere in there. Just know that if you're a person of faith, if you believe in the God Almighty, God looks at your heart, not at your gun belt. You know that you can kill, take a life with more things than just a firearm. Reason it through. Think it through. Don't let folks who don't know any better dictate to you what is fact when it's not. Now, I can even go back into some history. Some of the reasons why the mothers of the church, the African mothers, the black mothers, the old mothers in the church didn't want their sons and their husbands to have firearms was because there were laws against it. It was self-preservation. They outlawed guns in the home other than hunting, to keep you out of jail, to keep you from hanging from a tree. When there were gun codes and there were black codes and there were laws that prevented people of color from owning firearms. Nobody really knew why grandma didn't like the guns, but that's what it was for. And of course, they're pretty big in the church. And this thing kind of perpetuates, and we almost have a Stockholm Syndrome where our people, African-American people, take on the same roles as those who oppressed us and do it willingly. Freedom is a monster. You have to be responsible for yourself. Here is something I know personally about God. It is not only what we do that we are held responsible for, but also for what we do not do. This portion of the show is sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com. Crossbreed Holsters has gained national recognition as a maker of the best and most functional concealment holsters available on the market today. Each holster is handcrafted to ensure your firearm is safe and secure while carrying, combined with the best customer service in the industry. Visit CrossbreedHolsters.com. Michael, you're up next. Thank you, Ken. And welcome to another tip segment. I am Michael Woodland of m-wtactical.com, and today we're going to discuss another training resource I discovered about a year ago. (music) 
A while back, there was a search conducted by myself looking for other means of training that can enhance my ability on the range. The search led me to the CERT handgun and the laser computer program that has improved my training, all within the comforts of my home. The CERT handgun, which stands for Shot Indicating Resetting Trigger, which had me doing all-day training with vast results to show. My order was that of the CERT and the laser, which stands for Laser Activated Shot Reporter, proved beneficial. When the package arrived in the mail, it contained one CERT pistol, two weighted training magazines, five 1-6 scale Ipset targets, five 1-6 scale popper targets, and the information on how to download the laser program. We are going to discover the pros and cons of me using this training aid for the past several months. All items discussed in this podcast were purchased by me, and I was in no way coerced into saying anything positive or negative about this product. First, let's discuss everything that I need deem to be a negative with this system. Before anyone goes into griping about the setup, we already know there is no recoil associated with the CERT training pistol. It is a training aid that has the size, feel, and weight of a Glock 17, but it only shoots out a laser. There is there are ways you can simulate the recoil if you desire. As discussed in the videos associated with the laser team, they express that you can have an assistant or a coach take an empty water bottle and hit the front of the training firearm to simulate recoil. Then again, with no recoil and the training that can be provided with this training aid, this can be a resource to help prevent those who flinch while shooting. The other negative issue concerning me with the CERT training handgun is that it's not a Smith & Wesson. Yes, I am more of a fan of Smith & Wesson, but I have spoke with Sean at Next Level Training, and he assured me that they were putting on the finishing touches of a Smith & Wesson training aid. The positive factors associated with the training tool can go on for days, but I will focus on what I believe to be the more important ones. The first topic we will cover is the program from Laser and how easy it is to navigate. This program utilizes a webcam with your computer to make it work. You do not have to go out of your way to purchase any fancy targets for practicing within your home or students you may instruct. Along with what is sent in the package, I made a few targets from cardboard and some spray paint. Another creation for me was putting three circles the size of a quarter on a blank piece of paper and gave them all different colors. There are many avenues you can go with your imagination to get more than complete training value with this combination. It took me about 30 minutes to get a complete understanding of the baseline of the program, but after I got the hang of it, the fun started. Now, I combined both my favorite dry fire drill with the real firearm and an empty casing on the front sight post and the multiple drills this program offers. Countless hours of training, but then again, I am the one who pushes myself to get better every day. This is a training aid I see that can be resourceful when teaching students who do not understand the principles of sight alignment. This tool can have you discover mistakes students are making at a much faster rate as well. Along with everything associated with this program and the physical structure of this training tool, you can also incorporate magazine changes. For the ones who already have a Glock 17, you can use your magazines with this training tool. Your gear can work with this training firearm also. 
Like I said, many opportunities to get your necessary training needs at home or wherever you like to set up shop. There is a form that is associated with speaking with others who have this equipment to get new ideas or just ask general questions. My first encounter was on Facebook, and when I had a question, I was surprised how fast I got a reply. The team at Laser is all about their product, and I do see why. In conclusion, this is a training aid that can save you money from discovering your mistakes with live rounds. You can also encompass this, encompass this with your family to ensure gun safety with both firing and handling. Overall, we at M-W Tactical will be using the CERT training handgun and the laser program with future classes to express the importance of the fundamentals with the handgun. Tune in next week as we tackle another area of marksmanship for another tip segment. Visit us on Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical in the search bar, on Twitter at MJ Woodland, and Instagram screen name MJ Woodland. Let us know what questions you may have. If you would like for me to come to your area and teach the techniques I talk about on this show, visit us at m-wtactical.com and look at our course description and send a note from the contact us page or call me at 803-250-1256 and tell me what you're seeking to do and let's get you and your group trained. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. Back to you, Ken. All right, Michael, thank you, man. I might have to get one of those CERT pistols myself. And now, how about an armed citizen story for you? Direct from our newsroom in Washington, in color. All right, this is coming out of ChicagoSunTimes.com. Police man shot while trying to break into a South Shore home by Luke Wilusk. A man was shot while trying to break into a home early Thursday in the South Shore neighborhood, police said. The 36-year-old man was trying to break into a home in the 7800 block of South Shore Drive about 4 a.m. when a 54-year-old man who lives in the home shot him in the arm, according to Chicago police. The younger, unidentified man was taken to Stroger Hospital and is now in good condition, according to police. Area South detectives were investigating the incident Thursday morning. How about we go to Wilmington, North Carolina? Tenant wrestles gun from intruder. Holds him for police. Wilmington, an armed man who entered a Wrightsville Avenue home late Tuesday, had his weapon taken from him by the tenant, who then detained him for police, according to an official. Say what? Let me read that again. An armed man who entered a Wrightsville Avenue home late Tuesday had his weapon taken from him by the tenant, who then detained him for police, according to an official. Julius Irving Jones, 37, is charged with two counts of attempted first-degree murder, burglary, felon in possession of a firearm, and being in a habitual felon, according to New Hanover County Jail Records. Wilmington Police Department spokeswoman Catherine Lindsay said Jones was allegedly armed with a gun when entering into the Wrightsville Avenue about 11.30 p.m. and confronted two men, age 35. A fight ensued. And during the fight, shots were fired, and the tenant was able to wrestle the weapon away from Jones, Lindsay said. The residents then held Jones, the felon, until police arrived. And she said it was un- unclear what, if any, relationship the victims and Jones had. Jones, a convicted felon for several charges, including armed robbery and drugs, is being held on a $2 million bail. 
And our final story this week comes from my friend's site, BearingArms.com, written by another friend, Jen Jacks. Indianapolis mother protects infant with pistol. How many times do we have to tell people that hell have no fury like mama grizzly bears protecting their cubs? One Indianapolis mother showed an armed intruder she was ready, willing, and able to fight fire with gunfire to protect her offspring. Home alone with a newborn, the woman heard an intruder enter her home this afternoon through a window. Arming herself with her pistol to protect herself and her infant, she went to investigate. And that's when she came face to face with an armed intruder in her home. The homeowner and new mother exchanged gunfire with the man hitting him several times. Officers received a call around 12.10 p.m. from the home reporting the incident and asking for assistance. The man has been taken to a local hospital with several gunshot wounds, and while understandably shaken, the homeowner and her infant were unharmed. Authorities have confirmed the intruder was carrying zip ties and a walkie-talkie on him when taken from the scene. Yay! Good job, Jen. Good job, lady in Indianapolis. And good job, you, for rocking with a brother one more time. Is the cost of ammo bringing you down? Are you ready to have fun with your firearm again? If you need ammo, your friend and brother from a different mother has the answer. LuckyGunner.com Good prices. LuckyGunner.com If your time is valuable, LuckyGunner.com Order your ammo today. LuckyGunner.com Where you won't waste your time and the shipping is fast. It's 110% guaranteed. LuckyGunner.com All right, one thing I want to highlight on this week's show is a product review from Copper Basin. It's their takedown backpack. And my main man, Morel Liggins, is the publisher of Outdoors in Color, which he founded this year. And he's a new outdoor contributor to BlackManWithTheGun.com. And when Morell is not with his family and he's a newlywed, you'll finally find him, probably find him out by a lake or in the woods stalking hogs. Copper Basin um, supplied us this great bag. And Morell says he really, really likes it. You can check it out. All the photos and the pictures are at BlackManWithTheGun.com product review. Copper Basin takedown backpack. Well, that's it for this week, and I want to thank Lewis and all my patrons at patreon.com forward slash black man with a gun for supporting this show. Thank you, too, for listening, downloading, and supporting the show. Um, I couldn't and wouldn't be here without you. Thank you for taking the time out in your week to, um, to listen to the show. If you liked what you heard, please share it with somebody. Hit me back at Twitter at black man with a gun if you got a chance, if you're a Twitter person. Or on our Facebook page at Black Man with a Gun 1 on Facebook. I'll be creating a membership site here shortly. I got plans to, to do something a little bit different in the rest of this year. And I want you to be a part of it. You've been rolling with me so long. I want to get to know you better and contribute and give you some stuff. And make one big community. I'm trying to pull it away from Facebook. I know Facebook is convenient. But if Facebook went anti-gun hardcore tomorrow, we'd be short. Look for a blog post for Ray and thanks to Bob and and you. Thank you so much for being here. I want to thank Lucky Gunner for being uh, an affiliate link for us. If you buy something from there, I get like a small percentage. 
Thanks, Crossbreed Holsters, for sticking with me for so long. Thank you for Dylan Precision, for hooking a brother up with some reloading gear. And I'm still learning. I'm looking for a class now. I actually want to take a class before I set my stuff up and start my journey in uh, reloading what I'll share with you. If you got any tips and tricks about reloading that you want to share, feel free to send it to me at blacknailthegun at gmail.com. And if you got any comments or critiques or anything that you want to share, I'm looking for writers. I'm looking for podcasters. I'm looking for um, bloggers and artists and any stuff on the digital web that you want to contribute, that you want to be a part of this podcast, a part of this blog. I'm building a community. And if you can contribute, maybe your podcast didn't work. Maybe your blog didn't work. Maybe it'll work here. If I can find a place for you, let's talk about it. I'm hoping you have a really good Easter. I'm hoping you celebrate Passover. I'm hoping you celebrate Good Friday. I'm hoping you remember that the reason for the season is Jesus Christ. And this is the end of the The Super Religious Evangelistic Christian Gun Owner episode. And I know that everybody doesn't believe as I do, but thank you for rolling with a brother just the same. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and supporting the Black Man with the Gun Show. Join my friends list on the website or send me an email to blackmanwiththegun at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, have a comment, a critique, or want to reach me, my contact information is there. If there's anything I can do for you, call me. And just in case nobody has told you today, I love you. And there's not a darn thing you can do about it. This is your friend and brother, Ken Blanchard. Shalom, baby. But, but maybe he's only a little crazy, like painters or composers or, or some of those men in Washington.